Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Monday Madness. Today, we've got the first Monday and day of the month. It is now June. But before we get into it, I just wanted to take a second to, well, ramble, you know, get a little inspirational because I had a pretty good morning. And uh, each morning starts out with a decision, right? The alarm goes off or the alarm doesn't go off. Either way, you wake up in your bed. And I think right there, that's the start of whether the day is going to be good or going to be bad. Now, on my bad days, I'll reach directly for my phone, think around, look through social media, read some news, and kind of stay in bed for probably longer than I should. And the rest of the day ends up being not as productive until I get to a productive activity like going into work or working out. But on the days where I immediately take action to not look at the phone, go straight into something productive, damn, it's a good day. Like this morning, I met up with my buddy Alejandro. We did some calisthenics on his porch. He kicked my butt. I'm sore. It hurts. It's harder than the workouts I've been doing, but it's great. So I challenge you for the rest of the week to wake up and actively make a decision. How is my day going to be? What am I going to do? And also find partners and mentors because it's easier to work out with someone else. It's easier to learn when you've got someone teaching you. So find those people. Let's help each other out and make the most of this because this could be the new normal. This quarantine stuff is strange. Restrictions are getting lifted, and it looks like things are headed in the right direction. But even so, don't don't play the victim card for too long, because it's been a few months. It's time to get back into the swing of things, if you haven't been, and continue to improve yourself, especially if you're like me in the job market, looking for something else in the future. But let's pull back from the future into the present, because what am I? Your life coach? Your therapist? Self-help? No, no. I deliver you oil and gas news. That's my job. So today... We'll start off speaking about Oxy. Now, Oxy's in some hot water with its investors. Their investors are furious and claim they've lost billions because there was not enough transparency from Oxy when handling the Anadarko acquisition. And if you're unfamiliar with that transaction, the most important part is that it was one of the largest business transactions of the last decade. I think it was the largest oil and gas transaction, well, acquisition specifically, at a price of about $35 billion. Today, Anadarko shareholders who traded their stock for Oxy teamed up with investors that acquired about $25 billion of the Oxy bonds that were a part of the funding of the purchase. This pairing filed a class action lawsuit claiming that Oxy should have included information in its stock and bond registration statements about how, quote, quadrupling its debt load to $40 billion would leave it precariously exposed to falling oil prices and undermine its ability to boost shale oil production and its common stock dividend. Now, I gotta say, I do feel bad for Oxy because hindsight is always 2020, but unfortunately, it is currently 2020 and things aren't looking so hot. Had prices been better, the investors wouldn't have given a damn because the debt would be decreasing and the stock share is likely growing. Unfortunately, this deal went down only about a year before coronavirus and the price wars, and they are not making money and paying off that debt. I wonder just how hush-hush Occidental was about the debt, because the investors really make it sound like they were absolutely taken advantage of. Regardless, it does seem Occidental got a little too aggressive with this acquisition. In addition to everything I've mentioned, Oxy issued $10 billion of preferred stock to Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway, which has only made the problem worse today. Right now, Oxy stock is at, let's see, it's trading at $13.34. This is way, way down from that 52-week high of $54.05. And the outcome of this lawsuit could be devastating. 
Let's hope for Occidental's sake that the courts think that there was enough information provided to these investors. Since we're on the topic of financial investigations, I'd like to quickly mention a warning, I guess I'd call it, from the Commodities and Future Trading Commission, or CFTC. In regards to the April 20th plummet, they released a warning which basically said that the public needs to be educated about the difference between stocks and futures because the former is indefinite and the latter is not. Essentially, the futures contract has a date associated in which you receive or give a delivery of the commodity. If the fallen price is not recovered and the contract price is better, it is harder to trade and offset the position in other futures contracts, and it is likely that you will just take the thousand barrels of oil that you ordered, hoping that prices might recover. Could be a more advantageous position, but basically it gets more difficult to minimize risk when a contract has a date on it, a commodity has a date on it. For some reason, the CFTC is investigating the United States Oil Fund, the USO, which is one of the most popular oil tracking ETFs for retail investors. The investigation is based around the fact that the USO is not properly explaining to shareholders the value of the oil fund wouldn't necessarily track the movement of spot oil prices. I just think this is funny because there's only so much that can be spoon-fed to people, and if you have enough money to be tossing tens of thousands of dollars into futures, I feel like... <laughs> You've accepted the risk of this kind of trading. If you've not done your research and you're just sinking money and your broker's saying nothing, or you're just doing it on your own, I, I can't say I feel too badly. That's, uh, it's just, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. It's only when a bunch of rich dudes lose some money that the investigations like these last two begin to emerge. Now that we've got the investigations out of the way, we've got some news on major, majors leadership changes. I should have reworded that. We've got big leadership changes in the majors of oil and gas. David Lawler, CEO of BPX Energy and brother to Chesapeake President and CEO Doug Lawler, will now be assuming the responsibilities of Chairman and President of BP America Incorporated, succeeding current President Susan Dio on July 1st. A statement issued by BP CEO Bernard Looney said, his curiosity and willingness to do things differently will be essential as we reinvent BP and reimagine energy for people and our planet. Now, I'm curious to see if this is just another generic statement as people move on and move up and leadership is transferred, or if BP has big surprises up its sleeve. In addition to this previous change, Ovintiv president Michael McAllister plans to step down as president at the end of the month after 40 years of industry experience. Likely that he will be retiring, and replacing him will be Doug Suttles, the current CEO, will adopt the responsibilities of president upon this change. Lots of executive change really makes you wonder if these people think they're getting out while the getting is good, or if it just coincides with current events, or if they're just tired, exasperated, and exhausted. But come to think of it, it has been a minute since we've talked about OPEC, huh? I feel that we've just been laying off as we see how that first month of production cuts went, and, well, the, the numbers are in. Compliance with output cuts was only at 74%, with Nigeria and Iraq producing some pretty pitiful results. OPEC promised to cut about 9.7 million barrels per day off the market, but only cut around 7 million barrels per day from April levels. While a significant number, Nigeria cut 19% of what it promised, and Iraq cut 38%. Even so, it is not surprising that Iraq fell short as they have historically shown to not be in compliance with production quotas. Some have suggested that the failure is due to contractual obligations with buyers paired with the short time frame of the agreement to limit production. 
Now, while that does make sense logistically, I have a tough time believing that with the numbers such as 19 and 38% compliance. Reading those numbers does not allow me to give these players the benefit of the doubt. Even though these cuts are a step in the right direction, it comes right off the back of record high production in April from countries like Kuwait, UAE, and Saudi Arabia, as they anticipated big cuts from OPEC+. Remember all those Saudi oil tankers that flocked to the U.S. right before the deal? I believe we talked about that on an old Monday Madness episode. If you didn't listen to it, go to rarepetro.com. Find all of our great content. Subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Great stuff in the past, and we build on it. So kind of like an ongoing story, but with oil and more money. Anyways, yeah, those tankers that came in. Actions like that really make you question how genuine all of these members are. Although it is tough to complain as each country is really out to benefit itself, including our very own United States. While I complain about this, it is likely that there's a young Saudi man making a similar podcast complaining about U.S. trade sanctions and tariffs. But I believe that about wraps up everything I had to talk about today. Not a huge weekend. Most of the news was dominated by the riots and protesting over George Floyd. So, until I get some better stuff for you, you probably won't hear. But make sure to subscribe like I mentioned. Soon we'll have another episode of the Basin Breakdown out. And you probably won't want to miss that. Because things are trending upwards. It's not the death of oil and gas. It's just a lull. Oh, and soon. Actually, yeah, big news. Timothy Marcus, one of the most influential businessmen in oil and gas in the past few years, well, past couple decades, and actually the man who built Marcus Hall, he will have an interview coming out. Well, I'll probably publish that tomorrow, the second of the month. So make sure you're following because this man inspired me. He, he really kicked my butt into gear and I'm excited to share what he had to say with you. So until next time, take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.